Hi everyone, I'm Caleb with Team Rockin' Cushions, and this is episode 10 of Rockin' Talk. The guest for today is Larissa Brown-White. Larissa is an ex-supermodel who's currently a vintage fashion store owner. Michelle Vanderwater and Allison Shaw sit down with Larissa to talk about music, vintage designer clothing, and life as a mom and entrepreneur. Hope you enjoy!
I have a, I started out as a model for anybody who doesn't know me, most people. Um, mm-hmm. I started out as a model when I was 17 and I did that for 20 years um, and transitioned about 10 years into it into music. Uh, and I managed bands in New York, uh, the Moldy Peaches, Adam Green, a Brooklyn electronic band called Telepathy. Um, and I always sort of, I don't know, I guess I thought that my parts and pieces were separate, right? Like I was a model, then I was a manager, mm-hmm. now I have a vintage business. And I didn't necessarily see how those dots connected. And so it sort of felt like everything was in an isolation chamber. And now working with this woman who is like amazing. I want to share her wealth of knowledge. Who is she? What's her name? Her name is Solange. Um, I could put like a, I can put, no, I'll put it in the comments. Yeah. Who she is. That would be awesome. Um, But yeah, and so she sort of like helped me figure out how to bridge all these pieces together because you are all of the sum of your parts, right? And that's been really cool for me to kind of like figure out and explore and see, you know, how I fit. Yeah, because I, I think like for all of us, you know, whenever we're sort of doing something different, we always think, okay, now I have to be this type of person to do this kind of thing. Right. Or now I have to, you know, can't, like pivot and be this kind of person to pursue this venture. But like you right. said, it's like, but you're the same person. Yeah, yes, but, but you know what I mean? You just have different facets But life is about pivoting, right? I yeah. mean, because nobody wants to stay in one straight path. I mean, how unexciting can that possibly be to just be on one journey and that's kind of it? I think I that mean, life yeah. is full of journeys. I, I, I mean, I have that motto myself, you know, like we, we have many paths in life where we can we can change directions at any time. We can do a you know one eighty back three sixty. You know what you know, and, and change course. And I think right. you know, for people creative, especially creative people, it seems like pivoting is like a thing. It's like a normal thing. But also, it's like I find energy begets energy, right? So it's like it's like you whether you see the relationship between what you're doing uh, or not, the action of being active in business or so whatever your thing is it begets more action. Mm-hmm. So it's like I started this little vintage business as a, as a sort of like a response to being a mom. Like I was like, okay, I went from being a model, traveling the world, being a manager, traveling the world, to living in LA, changing diapers. And I was like, what's my identity? Like who, you know, who am I? And this vintage business, which started as a hobby and now has like turned into a legit business was was that action item that like helped me shift my energy and go from kind of confused and stagnant to like I'm gonna kick some ass. So <laughs> that's a definite preface. Yeah. Girl yeah. power, bring it! Come on. Um. So I I want to ask you know let's start let's kind of take it back let's take it back now take it back now and uh, and talk about you know how you got into modeling and how what was like your first big break what was that like. I mean, the cliched big break thing was I was, uh, it wasn't the big, I mean, it was the starting point, but I'll tell you the big break. The starting point was literally the walking the dog through the neighborhood and somebody was like, hi, are you a model? And I was like, I don't know what a model is, you know? Oh my God, that's always the <laughs> no, way it literally. is. And I was like, I'm gonna play basketball. I'm gonna be a Lisa Leslie. And that's just super happen. tall. Did you have like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm 6'1". Lisa Leslie, great basketball player, WNBA. <laughs> I do love Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> posters on the wall, yep. guilty as charged. Um, and so anyway, that's how I sort of got into it. I got discovered. And then um, the big break, I moved to New York and uh, a photographer named Arthur Elgort, if you guys are fashion, you know, photography buffs, 
also Ansel Elgort's father. So if you're I was going to ask movies, if there was a uh, relation there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this guy's the best. Like, he's literally, I don't know, an angel on earth and a true talent. And he, um, he created my whole career. I credit him with everything. And he was the first person who believed in me. He shot me for Mary Claire U.S. in 1998. It was my first editorial that I ever did. I was on, then on the cover of uh, Cosmopolitan, like a month later. Then I was living in Paris. I was doing Runway for Chanel, Christian Dior, uh, Burberry. I mean, literally, this guy, uh, he changed my life. And it, that was my journey. It's amazing. We could have seen her on the cover somewhere when we were younger. And we had no freaking idea yeah. that, we, that 20 years later, we would become buddies. Yeah. For all of, for people that don't know, uh, Larissa is my, is my, is my pseudo mm -hmm. uh uh, plus, <laughs> she's my plus one. I'm her plus one. She's her. She's her plus one. If you, uh, I wish we could show some of the pictures of some of the parties that we've been to because we get. She some, takes me to the best. We get. We get fancy. We get some. Fa Michelle. Michelle's been to parties too with me. Uh, yeah, Michelle has I'm all. Not really, I'm. I mean, I'm not. She's I'm fancy. Oh she's come fancy. on now! You are stunning. You yes. stop it. <laughs> no, but Dolly did it. take me to uh, the the fashion Several, lots of parties, Grammy parties, so yeah. And I got to wear literally like this was a fun moment. Another hybrid of how how fashion. We're gonna figure out how to show pictures on her someday. Yeah, but what her suit was incredible. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go back and look at her. Uh, did we, or my Instagram, Manic Monkey with two E's. Because there's pictures of us on there. It was stunning. She 1991 was awesome. Salvatore Ferragamo shoe print blazer oh. and bodysuit combo with feet. It's like, you know, like wow. jammies, like the kind of jammies you wear as a kid, but not like <laughs> runway style. It was amazing. And then we met uh, Moira Rose, who's Catherine O'Hara. Yes. We met everybody. That was a great night. I don't want to name you all. Like too. my style icon. I mean, sorry. I'm, I love... O'Hara, I love you. We um, met Charlize Theron. Then I'm going to throw out a name. Charlize Theron. I, I actually wore this Chanel blazer for Moira Rose because, you know, she's she always wore that black and white kind yeah. of heavy, heavy contrast thing. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so she's, so Allie's awesome. Jennifer Beals <laughs> held the bathroom. Oh, I had crutches. I had got, I just had surgery back in December. This is in January. Uh, Jennifer Beals in the bathroom, along with the girl mm -hmm. that created the uh, the L word, held the bathroom door open for me so I could get into the bathroom. It was very, it was very sweet. <laughs> Jennifer Beals, if you're out there, thank you. That's thank such you. an LA story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, my no, it so was. It was so. She like waited that. for me to also to come out of the bathroom and like help me out. It was it was super. Yes, it was very. I was rocking. Yeah, she gets an A plus. Mm -hmm. yeah. She was cool. I'm, I'm actually the table to tell everybody. Anyway. <laughs> So tell us, um, who were some of your uh, favorite? What was your? Who was your favorite designer? To if you're allowed to say, who Christian Lacroix. Christian Lacroix. Christian Lacroix. So Christian Lacroix did uh, the, my first season uh, of Runway was his Haute Couture line, and if anyone's not familiar with Haute Couture, that's fine. It's the highest high fashion um, that is on the runway. Things are hand sewn. Like, so I would be standing in line waiting to go out on the runway, and I literally, there would be tailors and people sewing sequins and beads and, and details onto your outfit mm -hmm. right before you, you walked out awesome. of the runway. He's also just a creative genius. I mean, I mean, a brilliant man beyond. And uh, a really cool story. So if you guys want to ever, like, Google the guy, Christian Lacroix, he's I got a I think they did a really good story. documentary on him, right? Am I wrong? A couple years ago? I'm yeah, sure they have, but yeah. yeah. And then John Galliano, I mean, Galliano for Christian Dior in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, the guy was, the guy is. Yeah. He's a genius, yes. right? 
and he's one of those people that like you're just around him and you're like your mind expands just by virtue of your proximity you know mm -hmm. so um yeah so i guess those are the two uh, two of my favorites so did you have a big interest in fashion when you started modeling or no. it was just learning on the job and then yeah. appreciating it I, I always say that like if i had known anything i would have can I say this? Shit my pants. You can. Well, you can say whatever the <laughs> f you want on here. I totally would have been. So I'm, anyone, I'm. I'm one of those people. Like I have nerves. Like I'm a ner Like I get nervous. I get like you know all of that. If I had known that like I was going to walk in front of say Karl Lagerfeld oh. when I went and walked in front of Karl Lagerfeld for the Chanel show, I would have like cried in the corner. You know. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Ignorance is bliss when it comes to. Was that he wearing the glasses? Oh yeah, he had the whole the hair, the ponytail, the yeah. Chanel and I was like cool no I get now looking back 20 years later I'm like holy shit like good job yeah good job is. me like I'm proud I've of never you. ever booked Chanel <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to call well I never booked, <laughs> okay, so I never booked Gucci this is so this oh. is so embarrassing to say I booked Not Gucci that, I didn't book it, <laughs> that I'm saying that I didn't book it that's embarrassing you guys erased that I just said it but the point that the reason why I say that is because and if I could have had a chance to work with them, it would have been one of the brands it's, that I wish so I could They're so iconic. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, because I think a lot of supermodels came out of the Midwest, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And apparently it's because you guys are so just, like, relaxed and low-key and, like, easygoing and yeah. you totally have, like, no stress on your face or in your life. I'm just saying, Thank yes, you. you know what I mean? Like, uh, growing up. Yeah. Right? So, like, a lot of... Um, a lot of like girls, and they they can, you know, they came to LA or they came to a big city, and they were really like attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I definitely yeah. didn't. I was like a country bumpkin. Like I, yeah. I remember they'd be like, "What do you like to do in your spare time?" I was like, "I go up and play with my goat and my horse." You know, it's <laughs> so cute. We're like, though. okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like you just epitomize like that innocence and like every, like that kind of like feeling that you would bring to, you know, you're not like, I guess, jaded by the industry yet. No, Whereas no. I think if you grow up in like a place like New York or a big city, you grow up so quickly yeah. and you definitely are experiencing a lot at a really young age. And, you know, I think it kind of like, I mean, even for young people, you kind of just, you, it wears on you, really. I agree with that know? completely. And actually, like, I think that there's a, I mean, there's an intrinsic pressure when you're a kid if you know too much right yeah. because there's this expectation that you have to live up to it right or you have to achieve something and when i say ignorance is bliss i don't want that as an adult but as a child which i was at 17 i think that was a huge asset for me and so playing with my goat and playing with my horse and being a kid is is a real is something i cherish and i think it, it's helped me you know stay grounded in everything that i do mm -hmm. and actually it's something that i my husband and i decided we wanted to do for our kids uh, is to have them grow up in the country so we live uh in we bought a house in agora hills but we live in malibu right now it's a long story blah blah um but you know because i feel like you can always go to the city but it's hard to start in the city and come back yeah it's not impossible you have to learn to love nature, though. Mm -hmm. I love, I absolutely am in love with nature. That's why I keep leaving and going to Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. 
and why go to Arrowhead and Big Bear and then skip and skipping out next month and going post birthday celebration. Thank you, Liz, to Vail. <laughs> so um, yeah, I my birthday in June. Sugar Shock. Oh, sorry, Sugar Shock. Yeah, can you guys, can they see that? The light, the ring is so... Yeah, they can Yeah, you gotta that. give them the little, the, the bling bling here like this. Let me show you how it works. Okay. Show me the bling. Uh, authentic Gucci ashtray right here. Can you see Beautiful. it? Can you see the shine? Can you see the, see the shimmer in the shine? <laughs> and so, how did you start, um, how did you start this business? Yeah, well, where did your love for vintage things come from? You know, it's a good question. And I... So it's interesting. It's not like a linear story, you know what I mean? It's not like I was like, oh, here's how it is. But I guess I've always been a treasure hunter. Mm -hmm. I love treasure hunting. And there was a place called Value Village in my hometown. If you're from the South, you might know Value Village. But I used to dress in all Value Village as a teenager. It was grunge era, right? So that was normal. Mm -hmm. um, but I would like <laughs> wear my dad's clothes. And I had a friend who, um, whose dad worked as a corrections officer in a jail. Mm -hmm. And he would get like issued uniform stuff and we loved it. Like we would like rock his like uniform stuff and his pants and whatever. So I've always loved vintage, you know. And then I think through my experiences, like I was saying with the, the haute couture and this like detail and the sewing and the things like that and the stories that would come out of the um, designers and even photographers like, uh, like uh, Arthur Elgort, you know, he would come up with this whole creative vision for a shoot that we would be doing like you are the woman the the daughter of a texas billionaire and this guy is the guy from the wrong side of the tracks who really allowed you to get creative you know in like this this story behind stuff and uh so i don't know i i guess that was somewhere in the back of my head right it was planted a seed and then life happened i was managing bands i moved to la i got married i had children my life transitioned and it was i think sort of a culmination of just um, changing my life, having kids, and then um, trying to figure out who I am. What's my identity? What can I do? Like, how do I get those wheels in motion, right? Mm -hmm. That we talked about. How do I put one step in front of the other? And it started with this as a hobby, you know, selling what I had in my closet and selling for friends and stuff like that. And then it just took off. And now it's like a full, full-on business. So where, so what is your process? I mean, your, your stores full of vintage things all, from all kinds of areas, not just clothes, but mm -hmm. dishes and ashtrays and, oh, we forgot to show oh, the, the, the poker cards. We've got this really cool poker set. Yeah. It's it's another Gucci good, uh, loveliness, and, and there it is. I'm not going to do them all out because oh, yeah. I'm going to Wait, yeah. are we not going to play poker live? I thought that was part of the no, deal. Dude, I am in. I've already got ace, ace, ace. I don't really play poker face. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, it's all across. <laughs> it's all across the, the, the. How do you go through the pro the process of, of finding these perfect items to put in? No, and, are they perfect? I don't know. I mean, to me, they are. Thank you. I mean, look at them. I mean, my gosh. I we haven't even gotten behind us. Well, when do we get there? Wait till we get behind door we get <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, thank you for saying that. First of all, but second of all, I think 
um, a lot of my, like where I started, once I sold sort of the stuff in my closet and I talked to my friends, I'm like, what can I sell of yours? Um, I started to look back at my personal modeling archives and there were certain things in my memories, like I remembered being in Barcelona and wearing this Christian Dior denim print dress that was like literally up to here, right? Oh. And I had boots on and I was opening a door of a taxi. I can pretty much feel the wind on my face, right? You know, it's like very vivid, the memories. And um, so I started to be like, oh, I wonder if I could find that, you know, like I wonder if I could find this. And, and so I did, I just started searching on online, you know, like see if I could find something that I had worn and it was like so easy. Oh wow. Oh yeah. It was decide. crazy. It was like it was like it was destined, you know, meant to be. Mm -hmm. Um and so I started kind of looking back at my own personal archives and then letting that inform my direction. But a lot of it's just like what do I like? I mean Gucci is so cool. It's such a unique brand in that like in the seventies and eighties they did like a lot of this commerce stuff. You know what I mean? Like they did oh I forgot to bring it, bummer, but I have a nutcracker. A nutcracker <laughs> Literally, it's for cracking nuts. That's it. And they We need a nutcracker. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I might leave it here for you guys. Like, you know, I could use it. I could use it. I, I mean, I haven't oh, cracked a nut in a while. I mean, nobody cracks a nut. That was also one. But you can. Sorry. You can also bludgeon some. That's a whole other conversation. If you need it as a weapon, it works for that too. But yeah, so I don't know. I guess I get into like a little groove and then I like go down the rabbit hole and I start like, what else did they do? And oh, they did this and they did luggage and they did homewares and they did barware. And oh wait, I need like a, I need a set of six uh, whiskey glasses. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on the show, I can get drunk. You know what I mean? Because this is the only social hour that I have. So Aww. I didn't find them. We're so happy she could be here. And she's I didn't like, find it. No, there's. So I yes. saw like, that you had um, I read an article about you and you had your diary with all your notes on it and pictures. Have you thought about publishing an ebook or anything like that? So that was really cool. I I was I'm a nerd first and foremost. I but I just I am and I'm very I love um, nerdy stuff and I like to keep track of things and um, so I kept a journal through my modeling years and including photos. I actually took a scrapbooking class when I was probably 15 with my grandma in Georgia and uh, it's on all acid free paper and all that jazz. So I would like, while all the girls were out partying, um, I'd be like cutting out pictures and gluing them to my face, or to my, not Facebook, to my journal. Um, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. to me Facebook page. Right, right. That's so long story short, I guess, I hadn't really looked at those until Vogue reached out to do an article on me. And um, yeah, so that was um, and, and it happened because Miley Cyrus, actually, uh, her stylist is a client and purchased an, an item from me and then put it on her when she was promoting her brand new music video. So I got a lot of like attention from that and then Vogue reached out and they were asking like, wait a minute, you used to be a model and now you're a vintage dealer? Like what, what? We need to hear what that story's about. Um, so yeah, that was when I started to explore like my journal side of things mm -hmm. and I don't know it's pretty embarrassing why because like you're 17 in it and I say oh my like, god I had a journal stuff. Too. like I'm like I don't understand I didn't have a journal no if you guys saw my journal you'd be embarrassed for oh, me yeah but, but it's so it's nice true. to see like the journey of your career you I know, know to, to go back and like to 
show your kids and stuff like that. That's going to be super cool. It is cool. And I, I again, like not to like bring this whole like 360 thing, but it's weird 20 years later, I'm buying the vintage clothes that I wore. I'm meeting myself for the first time really as an adult meeting my teenage self and meeting her and she's brave and she's cool and she's fearless. And it's like an inspiration to me now. You know what I mean? I'm like, what do I have to be worried about? I'm like a mom at home. Like, what? Really? I'm not flying to Paris alone at 17, you know? <laughs> so it's been cool from that point of view. I don't know if we'll ever get to publish a book, but the, the journalist did say to me, she was like, you should publish a book. You've got your yeah, first two pre-orders here. Ah, yeah. So I think it would be a great coffee table book. Like yes. Big ones, you know? And then we'll be showing it off 40 years from now when it's like vintage and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we can do my 13-year-old photo of me, like, with my round gold frame glasses. Yes. <laughs> so, what, uh, so, in your mind, what was the, the best fashion decade? Ooh, that's tough. Okay, so from what I would want to wear, the 70s, I love. I love the richness of, like, brown suede and golds and the kind of, you know, that, that earthy kind of, uh, style that happened in the 70s but very glam let's not forget mm -hmm. but very glam um but the most fun to treasure hunt for is the 2000s because it was so ridiculous like it was so ridiculous people were wearing head-to-toe monogram prints of christian dior or gucci or whatever in full head-to-toe yeah, you know what I mean? Not just like a piece here or there. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still not clear on what the 2000s are because I feel like they were still kind of like, it's still so recent. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not, there hasn't been enough time that's passed where I can be like, oh, that's exactly what Okay, it but was. think about Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Then you. That's oh, true. Yeah. I think reality, I would think reality TV. Yeah. And uh, that's definitely. a good question. What do you think is your favorite fashion decade? Because I'm trying to think, because I mean, I just, re I just remember being a kid and. Like, you know, trying to... I love... I mean, I grew up in... You know, my decade was the 90s, for sure. But I think 80s. I love 80s. I, I do, too. I love 80s, too. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, there were... It was just a, such a colorful decade in the music market. But, I mean, who doesn't like the 80s? I know there are yeah. people that don't, but I, I don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If you don't like New Wave, don't talk to me. Don't you. talk to me. Yeah. So, who was, so who do you think was the... The best designer, your favorite designer, too. I mean, you'll say Christian Lacroix, but that was earlier. But well, who was your favorite designer in the 2000s then? Dior. 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 Well, Galliano for Dior. Galliano for Dior. Yeah. He, uh, he, I think, kind of pioneered that just over the top. I mean, everything about him, like when we'd be backstage, you know, ready to go out for a show, like he had a story behind everything. Like you see this and you see a top, right? And it has some like sort of oh, shimmer well, back, We right? should really see this. He'd be like, yeah, this can you see that? This is the Miley Cyrus piece, you guys. Oh, wait, no, that's not... Oh, that's no, not it. The Miley Cyrus... Oh, it's over there. Frame. Okay. Well, we'll get that in a minute. What's this one? Okay, so this is for... This is Mugler. Um, this is like a, a bodysuit. It's sort of like a lace with this kind of like liquid, almost animal print on it. This... I can't um, officially say who it's for, but keep your eyes on social media for a woman that loves... Mugler and happens to be a reality star. That's all I can say. And, and a business mogul. And may or may not live close to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and may or may not. Another hint. Um, yes. And uh, don't worry, I'll definitely be out there. I will post. Yeah, yeah I can keep going. going. Yeah. And then this guy, so this is um this is a two thousand 
the year 2000, Tom Ford for Gucci, beaded snakeskin print pipe on top. And I'm just gonna touch it. Yeah. Oh my god. So this is the piece that uh, Miley Cyrus got for me. This is a different size. It's not the exact one. Um, but so she got this piece and wore this on her. You'll see it if you go and dig a little bit on her Instagram uh, last month. She wore this to promote her music video for That's a fat nice one? guy. A different size. Okay, I was this like, is like, why do you have it? <laughs> this is size. Size. I don't do that where they like you lend stuff. That's I don't do yeah. that in my shop. Like my consignment? shop. Is, I do or, consignment. Yeah. Say, what yeah. size did she buy? Thirty-eight. <laughs> little teeny oh, tiny. Little slim and trim. Yeah. Um, but I love her, honestly. Like I just she for me is one of the most interesting pop stars that we have. And she is pushing boundaries with fashion. Her stylist is like blows my mind every day. I just see what he's doing and the way he puts things together and I'm like, ah <laughs> you know. And have you thought about being a stylist yourself? Is that no. something that you wanted to You know, do? it's funny, I I haven't. I I am not that stylish. Do you know what I mean? Like I mean that is an absolute lie. I have hung out with her enough times to tell you that this girl is just <laughs> wakes up and she's stylish. I mean, literally. Well, she wakes up beautiful. But which I mean, different. Yeah. Me. My husband would tell you a very different tale. Like, my husband's like, can you please throw pants? Well, then, you know what? That, that, oh, yeah. Okay, so let's go into this then. You what is your personal that. style then? I'm a jeans and a t-shirt girl. I'm I mean, from the south. Good. I'm from, But a blazer? You, like, hello. This, this is the magic piece that puts you together. You can wear the same jeans and the t-shirt and look like a schlub, mm -hmm. and then you put on a blazer and you are like, you are. That's a very LA thing to do, I think. Is it? Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I have blazers. Well, I don't know about yours, but I'm saying like everybody here is super casual, but if you throw on something, mm -hmm. just like one blazer or one piece of jewelry or something that's like fancy, yeah. it like dresses up your whole outfit. It does, and it's like, I don't know, I just, I love a blazer. I think there's also sort of like, when I started working in music management, you know, I was a woman, a young woman, managing an artist who was already successful, and I was going to meet with like music execs in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, like all over the world, and I needed that suit that blazer to kind of fit the part, right? Like it could have been mm -hmm. psychological, but it also was real, right? Like they wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily take you seriously. I of course. Had, that's a whole other story, but, but. It's true, they say that about um, high heels a lot to women. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as women put on high heels, automatically it improves your posture and everything, but you're, you feel professional. Yes. You know, you feel like. I'm not <laughs> I don't know how I feel on high heels. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a minute. It's a very old-fashioned, you know, thing. No, but, but it's true. It does. It, it, there's something about like throwing on a blazer, putting on a little heel, maybe a little quick lip gloss or something, and it's just like, all right, that's I'm how ready. I do it. Like I'm ready. Like, what do you have for me today? Yeah, I'm gonna kick instant ass. confidence. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not so into, you know, being fabulous all the time. I really like understated, as I say that with all of my yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Vintage Chanel sweater behind us. We do have a vintage Chanel. Yes, this is ridiculous. This is. This is. I'm afraid to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to look at Get it? Get your gloves out, girls. Oh, I God. know. It's insane. It's so. Oh my yeah, God. So it's this so is, beautiful. This is a 1992. It's a runway piece. It's actually made out of terry cloth, which is like obviously a bath towel. So, um, it's unique in like the way that it feels and fits. But obviously, you put this thing on, and from a mile away, it's like, oh. 
What is your process of authenticating vintage? Because, I mean, there's so many fakes out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything obviously gets mass-produced in China. And, like, what is there a secret to knowing to kind of, like, authenticate? handling everything. So Are there serial numbers? Are there yes. codes? Yes. Wow. So, so one of the, like, the over, like, broad, broad 330,000-foot elevation stuff is stitching, serial codes, placement of codes and stamping. Um texture of leathers that's real that's like a real giveaway you can hold like if i had if i did a real fake thing with you and you held a real one and you held a fake one and then you swapped you'd be like oh you know when you feel something's janky or you touch something and the 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 interior lining feels like like crappy yeah (laughs) that's a big giveaway but that's like later that you have to kind of learn that through touch right through experience but yeah, I, I guess it's, uh, I look for the, the markers first and foremost. So like for this one, right? Like it's like placement and placement, size, angles, and cuts of the actual logo. And then on the back, right? And Gucci changed their stamps over time. So this is a slightly different one than you might see on an earlier piece from the 70s, which mm-hmm. had the more scripted version of the logo. But yeah, so like all of this, this is the nerd part of me. Yeah, I'm just this like, is the nerd wow. part that geeks out and loves it. I'm like, okay, And is it somewhere online that has all of this sort of available? Like the knowledge? Like yeah, a resource? Yeah. Like a, it's I get a lot of questions that, about that, though. So yeah. like I had a woman reach out to me just like last week. She's like, hey, she's like, I know you really are like a, a purveyor of these like vintage Gucci stuff. She's like, I found this at a thrift shop. And she's like, could you tell me if it's authentic? And she, it was one of these. And she sent me the photos and the details and all the stamping stuff. And anyway, she got it for, uh, I think, $4 she paid for it. You know? And and it was it. real. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm going to start thrift store. Let's go thrift store hunting. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, that's, for me, that's like the thing that makes me excited. So here, I have a similar story. I mean, it wasn't like a good, well, actually, it was. It wasn't. But, uh, God, years ago, years ago, I have to say, like, in the 90s or whatever, uh, or late 90s, I was in college, that's how old I am, and um, I, um, I literally uh, went to, um, uh, we were traveling somewhere, and we came across a thrift store, and I don't remember what, like, maybe we were in the Midwest, or I really don't even remember where we were, we were doing a road country, or probably early 2000s, actually, that's... Um, and we came across a thrift store and went inside and I found this really super cool Barm and Bailey's mirror. It was like all wood with this etched Barnum and Bailey's in it and this wire thing on the back. And I was like, holy, it was like 15 bucks. I was like, holy crap, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I got it. And then, I don't know, about a year or two later, I, somebody, it was hanging in my house and somebody said, have you thought about getting that appraised? I was like, Really? And they're like, yeah, that looks kind of (laughs) old. And so I did. And it turned out it was one of the first editions from when the the circus had just started. And it was worth something over $10,000 plus. Did you go on Antique Roadshow? Because I love that show. Yeah, I should have done that. It's still, I now have it kind of in a safe place in my house. But yeah, I mean, it's just gone up and somehow I have not damaged it. Okay, but that's the trick. You buy something you love. It's, no. You don't buy something because you're like, this might be valuable. No, no, no. Buy no. it because you love it. And I didn't know it was worth anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was a cool mirror. And I was like, and then t- come to find out that it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Like a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I, mean, I think it was worth even more than that. I think he said like 18000 or something crazy like that. I was like, what? 
She had insured. Is that yeah. insured? Or? I did. I used to have it insured. I need to redo that actually. So right now I just have it in a safe place. But yeah, um, I love. <laughs> but I love. Um, I love. I love kind of things like that. Like yeah. you know, coming across things like that. Um, that you know, you hear about these things all the time. Like some lady, I don't know, bought a painting in a thrift store. And they decided to, t to tear it. Right. And, and behind it's like a Monet or yes. something. <laughs> I love that stuff, but that's, yeah. that's, that's the treasure hunt. Like, I should have worked for the FBI or been a pirate, right? Ooh. Like, like you those are my two. still do both, but those I would like to do the jobs. pirate part. Right? That would be yeah, so that'd fun. Be fun. Steal all the plunder. But anyway, that's a Pillage your plunder. Yeah, yeah. But but you find treasures and you like treasure hunt and that for me is like that's the part that keeps me going all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, yes, of course, it's I nice don't think to have you a business, but yeah. it's also that's the fun. That's the like discovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah keeps I don't really think you can do it in LA though. I think they're too smart to do it. I think you need to go outside of LA. Though. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you need to go. Sales here are. Yeah, they're they're they yeah. in the thrift stores. They know well, something. There's so many uh, resellers. So you know, yeah, people who professionally. That's very true. What are what are the challenges of owning and running your own business? Uh, time is the first one because I obviously I work in music. I have two toddlers, and then I'm doing my vintage business. So time management is like my. I'd say I wish I had more time. Um, the other thing is like in the last couple of years, uh, more people have gotten into the vintage game, and so it's driven up prices in certain things. But there was a really cool quote I saw on Business Chicks Instagram or what one of those that I follow, Mayfair Group. It was Mayfair Group. If you mm -hmm. don't follow Mayfair Group, follow Mayfair Group. They have great little nuggets like this, and it was like you can steal my i or no, sorry you can you can copy my uh, ideas or something. Shit, I'm really picturing <laughs> this. God, this bourbon really went to my head. Okay, you can copy my plan, but you'll never steal my ideas. And and that's something I'm very badly paraphrasing that, but it's something that actually really I subscribe to because. It's not unique what I'm doing, right? Like, I mean, other people can absolutely do what I do, but the ideas for what's outside of that box, like I started with this box, but what's over here, what's over here, what's in front of it, what's behind it, how, what other designers are there, what era do I want to go into, but it's limitless, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I hear people lamenting that, oh, well, everybody's doing this now. Well, it's like, well, but everything's out there. So just find that thing that, that makes you inspired, yeah. right? And then just go for it. And you know, sometimes I'll buy things and I'll be like, God, no one's gonna ever buy this. Like I'm probably the only one that thinks this is cool, and I sell it the next day. Yeah, you like, are I not. I mean, everybody. Hours. I mean, there's somebody out there loves. It. I mean, I love vintage. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I know I have a few vintage things as well, and and I, and. And I feel like now after this, I should rock more vintage. Rock it because so I really need to make more money. So <laughs> I need to, I need to, I need to make more money to support my new vintage lifestyle. Your new habit. But the thing is, like, so people ask me all the time. They're like, "Why do people like vintage? You know, why do celebrities like, or why do who, whoever? Why are people so into vintage?" And it's like I think because you're not part of the retail culture necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yes, you might identify a brand and you might idolize or, or love aspects of that brand, but you can't walk out of your house and see that you spent a lot of money and see 12 other people wearing the exact same piece as you, right? Because to find vintage, like this Chanel blazer, it's like, this is from 2001 and it's in mint condition and no one else is going to wear it. Like I'm not going to, I mean, maybe. It looks even I older I actually. travel all over the world, I might find somebody, but yeah, it's like, so 
So there's this like one-off kind of vibe about vintage that I and love. And I think stories are so important too when it comes to selling. So, you know, the story behind it or even the idea of a story behind it is really what people love. And everybody has this vintage story, right? Like you shared your vintage story about I have a vintage story mirror and you have a vintage story and and everybody has that like oh, I scored this piece and it's like your piece. Like whether right. you can fit into it anymore or not, it's like your thing, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and I really like that. I actually want to start like a, a, a series on my Instagram at some point, like for my stories where it's like people just share that piece. What was that piece? What was your score moment? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it and show me a photo and I want to like put it in the Yeah, stories. like an Instagram story? Yeah. Instagram story. Awesome. yeah. Okay. So we're going to transition now. Um, you are also uh, a music executive. I am. You, we are going to talk, and that's how I met Larissa, uh, as I'm also in the music industry. Um, so I met her through music, uh, and we've been lucky to be a part of several several things together, which I'm yeah. really stoked. Yeah. Um, and um, so tell me, how, how did you go from modeling? How did you find your way into music? And then how did you find your way managing bands? And then we'll go on to more stuff. Yeah, so my, so my coach would tell me, that everything, that it was a moment where opportunity met preparedness, right? It sounds so cliche. The definition of luck. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was, and it always is, Beautiful. I think. It's like, I, I had an opportunity where I met the manager of The Strokes, who, this was in the 2000s, it was a great time to meet him, right? Um, and he was like, what do you do? And I told him, and he's like, but he's like, but He's like, you have a business mind. He's like, have you ever, have you ever thought about management? And I was like, what do you mean management? You know, he's like, artist management. And I was like, no, but I'm into it, you know. <laughs> and he's like, well, I have an artist who I think you should meet, and da da da. Anyway, like, oh, two days later, he introduced me to Adam Green, and Adam Green was the first artist that I started managing. For anyone who doesn't know him, he also is part of the band The Moldy Peaches, who you might know of and because they had the soundtrack for Juno, the film Juno, um, which was a huge blow up for them. But um, that was like a really interesting transition for me because I went from being on the front side of the lens, in front of the lens, to behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'm so much more comfortable behind the scenes than I am being in front of it. And um, But I could relate based on being a talent at some point in my life to the artist mentality, right? And so I really, uh, I really thank Ryan Gentles for uh, seeing that in me and giving me that opportunity to kind of exercise the business side of myself. Um, and so I did that for 10 years. I managed bands in New York for 10 years. Um, and then I moved out here to LA and uh, had kids and then started working for another company that's in music and met Allie and Tell us about the company. You're 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 a co-founder of this company. So yeah. give give us a little insight of, of the company you work with. You so I can't tell you guys too much about it. I, I, I know a lot about it. She knows a lot about it. I, I can't say anything. I can't, I can't because obviously you guys, everybody knows like the the world has changed um, since COVID and uh, things that we were working on pre-COVID have shifted completely and we're now uh, pursuing a, a completely new path. So I can't um, check in with me in three to six months. I'll be able to tell you a lot of details about it. But okay, long yeah, story short, that. I graduated from um, you know being a part of something to to being a co-founder of a, a music platform. Congratulations! Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank so you. happy for yeah. you. Yeah. It's really I'm 
Yes, photo. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's so great that you've been able to transition, you know, from a career in modeling because I think a lot it's hard for a lot of people yes. to be put in a box when you're so young and grow up in an industry where it's sort of made to feel like maybe this is all you can do, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I've, so, I've struggled with that, like just from a, you know, like a self-confidence thing. It's like, I don't have a degree. I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. I don't have any corporate experience. I don't have all of these things that you would, you know, in your head you think preclude you from being able to be a business person. Right. Um, but I've found that, like, like that moment of luck, right, if you're prepared to accept it, when it arrives at your doorstep and you're like willing to just throw caution to the wind and be like, F it, here we go, <laughs> sink or swim. Right. You know, it it, it has a way of finding uh, traction. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about also like finding something that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, uh, I think we go through many phases in our lives and we've talked about this, I think, before, people being secure and stuff like that and not really going out and, and you know, and doing what they're completely passionate about. Right. Um, and like you two, you're both, you're both complete creatives. I mean, with Michelle, you went from, you know, being, mm -hmm. a, Michelle has a, a similar story about being an actress mm -hmm. um, and, and then moving into design. And, and you were a model that moved into music, mm -hmm. you know, and now mommy, like. Right. <laughs> and, and, then, and then there's me. <laughs> we're still, I'm still She's been to, a badass this whole time. I've been a ba badass, but you know what? For me, I actually write too. So I, that would be I, that would be like my perfect thing. Is like I love to be like a published author. Yeah. Like that's I've been writing forever, and I you know and and, and and through this pandemic, it certainly I think we've all found different things that to do. You know, with everything that's gone through, you, you find different ways to cope and different things that keep you busy and stuff like that. For me, it was writing. Yeah. Um, because I was never a supermodel. I was just a model. Model. I never got supermodel status. Um, <laughs> Come on, Allie. Still hey, time. You know, age My hair just got supermodel status. Yeah, you do have supermodel hair. I guess. <laughs> age is nothing but a number. Also, that's it's true. To be fair, though, I have actually been in in shows. You know, certainly when I was younger and in fashion stuff, because people just, you know, I was that punk. You know, a lot of it was for music and stuff like that, but not like you know, Dior, Chanel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Christian Lacroix. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and I think that we all, we all, you know, throughout this time, I think, you know, we should all, you know, just do things that we, we find passion in. And, I and agree, yeah. yeah. And I think also the, the other thing is, like, just, just, like, any, I don't know, I guess I'm in this really, like, introspective space right now. It's like I've put many cages on myself, and they're self-imposed self pages. Mm -hmm. Just cut them off. Like just open them up and just be like, guess what? I'm vulnerable to this. I'm vulnerable to failure. I'm vulnerable to not doing something right. And you know what? I'll learn something from it. And I can apply it to the next thing. And I can move on. It's never, there's never a stop point. It's always a, just the next level. It's the next stepping stone to get to where, who knows where. I don't know where. I don't know where this is going to take me, but I'm doing it, and it's a one step in front of the other, and I like it. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm in a introspective kind of mood. Yes, you oh, are. I mean, I think it's awesome. I think because she has a, a perspective that I have, and I know I've said it before, maybe even on the show. You know, I think life is, is full of tests, and I think that we take these tests, and we either pass or fail, but I think that we learn something from every one of them, and we and we move on, and we, you know, we, 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 we bring it with us, or we don't, you know, like, 
it's either way, but I think that that, you know, because none of us know why we're here. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for me, you know, we really have to think about, well, what are we here? What are we doing? And I just think that we're here to learn. And mm-hmm. so I think that in the interim, I mean, like I said, at least, you know, there's there's so many different ways to do that, so many paths. And reinvent yourself. And reinventing I, yourself. Pivoting. Yeah. It goes, goes back to our very first yes. thing about pivoting. And my girlfriend, I had lunch with a girlfriend, and she was like, you know, the last time I saw you, you were just so stuck. Like, you were feeling very trapped and stuck mm-hmm. and unsure of where you wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that was me. You know, and and so that's the cool t- part, too. It's like redemption, right? It's like you can you can go into motherhood or you can go into a new career, and it can be challenging for you. And then you can still reinvent yourself. Like, you're never, you're never going to stay there if you keep just, you know, taking risks. So. Yeah, so... So, so you've obviously done that. So what? Let's we'll do one more. If there was an autobiography about you, what oh would it? No, what I would, can't. What would it be called? Ah! I I thought thought it, be called. What do you got? Vintage cowgirl. Oh! Oh! oh yes! yes. 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 My title was gonna be Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. We can no, I like that. Vintage cowgirl. Vintage cowgirl. Like Actually, I really like that because Jamie Wyatt We're just gonna... put out a new single. You should play that one, Rattlesnake Girl, and it's really cool. We're going to go to artists. Yes. <laughs> Look how technology. She's savvy. Savvy, She's I am. She's savvy. I'm not. What was it called? Rattlesnake Girl. Oh. It's new. It's new. Come on. Get with the new shit. Oh, there it is. Okay. Are you ready? Before we do that, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, Instagram at SugarShockVintage. I made a code for you guys. So, anybody who's watching and still watching, you guys are going to get 10%. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to watch after we post yeah, it. Yeah, perfect. Live. So we'll we get put a lot of this in the yeah. description. So, so, if you put Rockin' 10, you're going to get 10%, 10% off uh, uh, an order uh, now through end of Saturday. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Thank you. And we will check in with you. <laughs> Um, you'll be back on in three to four months. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for Bye. joining us. Have a good weekend. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Larissa Brown White. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a good review and follow us on all of our social medias at Rockin' Cushions. And you can always go to our website, rockincushions.com, to find affordable slipcovers for all of your IKEA furniture. On the next episode, Michelle sits down with Nina Eggins, a talented creative blogger.